When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline podcast. You're listening to episode 220. I am your host, Greg, who is not dead. In fact, I am about 75% alive. And I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. Uh, the Red Wings suck ass right now, but uh, we're all we're all kicking it. So how are you guys? How are you guys doing tonight? How how was last week? I listened, I had to edit and I listened, but how did how'd you guys fare? I learned that I need a script uh for the opening and closing because i just sit here and kind of black out while you say it more often than not so me doing it while not bad wasn't good so next time you try to pull this shit let i need a little one pager so okay so next time i get the plague just set you up with something to say exactly it'd be always good to have a backup plan and there wasn't one other than you pressing play. But other than that, good. Um, got to spend some time in Detroit this weekend. Kid free with the wife. We saw Burt Kreischer comedy show Friday I night. I had a ton of friends there. Oh, my God. Amazing. We saw, I, we've seen Tom Segura also. They do two, two Bears, One Cave and some other random comedy shit together. Tom was fantastic. Burt somehow managed to one-up him. Did he do the whole show without his shirt on? Oh, that was the first thing he did. Came out, yelled something, took a shirt off, chugged a beer. Epic. That should have been the whole show. Left the stage, everyone. Applause. He probably could have gotten away with it being just as amazing by just doing that. But no, it was a good time. And then while we were at that show, a few beers deep, the wife and I decided we wanted to go to the Red Wings debacle of a game on Saturday. So we bought tickets for that. Made it into a fun little adults-only weekend. So I've been coming off that high to see the Wings losing 5 nothing. So it is what it is. But Tyler? I mean, my weekend started off on Thursday because I had Friday um, a half day. So I kind of took that as more of like a, you know, bullshit kind of thing. So I kind of got drunk watching the Michigan hockey game. Didn't go the way that we wanted it to go, unfortunately. And I think between Michigan losing to Quinnipiac and Minnesota losing in the national championship to Quinnipiac as well. Michigan and Minnesota, might as their hockey programs might as well be the Toronto Maple Leafs at this point. Because both schools produce great players, um, you know, NHL caliber players. They always have high draft picks. And then they lose to schools like Quinnipiac that have, you know, some of the older rosters in the NCAA players that kind of play for the team as opposed to guys that I'm not saying that they're not team players. But like when you have so many skilled players like that on one team. Like Michigan and even Minnesota, they tried to do the same thing against Quinnipiac where they would just kind of try to go one on four into the zone. You got to dump the puck in. Either go one one off or they try to force it to that guy sometimes more often than not. But I will say one thing. I don't know if you guys watched the Frozen Four or anybody listening watched it, but it was fantastic. I mean, the games were awesome. And, um, you know, but anyways, my weekend was good. I hope your guys' was as well. The weather's finally starting to heat up a little bit here, which is good. I'm going to. Fenway, I think this weekend, so that should be fun. It's supposed to be like seventy degrees for the rest of the week, which is beautiful and sunny, like sunny and seventy for the rest of the week. Great timing for softball. 
my highlight was, which I didn't get to talk about it last week because I was dead and my whole family has basically been sick perpetually for two weeks now, which has not been fun. Um, but I got to take my daughter to her first game and it was against the Penguins. And we did have that huge uh, win where we scored seven goals and David Perron had a hat trick and she was super excited and it was awesome. And I saw Mario there while I was there and That's I saw awesome. Jake, Jake while I was there and they're like, yes, you need to get her season tickets because when she is here, we just go on a crazy offensive tear and and we beat a Penguins team who looked like they were going to come back. Uh, and it was a fantastic win and she had an excellent time. So. It was a lot of fun. And thanks to Stacy from the social team who was just uh, going to mention that. Yeah. She, we went down uh, to ice level for warmups because she made a sign. A player didn't give her a puck, but Stacy came over and gave her a puck, which was uh, really awesome of her. And it made her night. And she has a little stuffed animal, Dylan Larkin now, which uh, is in her bed. And it's she's loving it. She's loving life right now. Um, we awesome. do have a show. We have a show tonight. And it'll I swear it'll be structured mostly. And then I know what to say for the most part. Is that and a that dig is, at last week? That is, well, you said it yourself, not me. And you were going there. You had a smart ass grin on your face. And we will, we'll get through it, guys. And I actually want to start. I with thought we had a good I, flow last week. No, I'm not letting this go. I thought no, we had I, a really good flow. I thought our flow was fantastic. Fuck you, Greg. You don't have any hair, Tyler. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was easy to edit. I'll give you guys that. It was really You're easy welcome. to edit. There Sir, was no stuttering. You only missed maybe one fact that you had to look up and I had to edit some stuff out. Hey, Other yeah. than that, it was all fine. But tonight we do have a show and I'm going to start with something that I didn't even tell you guys about because I forgot about it. But hmm. the Grand Rapids Griffins signed defenseman Jeremy Biakabatuka to an am that. amateur tryout. I love this. Now, if you guys remember, Biakabatuka was a invitee to the prospect tournament. Uh, he was a standout during the prospect tournament and during camp. And he was like one of the last cuts that were made after the prospect tournament. He was actually offered a contract by the Chicago Wolves and he turned it down, went on to pl uh, play another year in juniors. And he's been very, very good. And I think this is a good sign for him. I wonder if Iserman kind of put a little bug in his ear that said, hey, don't take that contract. We're going to get you in the system in one way. We want you to have a really good junior year. And I think by all accounts that that he's done it and that I think if you're looking for guys who can come in on defense and just kind of make an impact, I think he may be able to be a, a bottom of the lineup or a good 7D option or a good AHL player. And I, I, it just it's kind of to me like, why not take that chance? Right. Like, why not just try and, and pick up a guy who's not going to cost you anything that may be just a late bloomer? I mean, the biggest thing is, is an ATO that he's signed to right now with Grand Rapids, right? So amateur tryout. But, I mean, that's huge because I think all of us, when we were talking through training camp and prospect camp, we loved what he could bring. He wasn't, wasn't afraid to throw the body on. He could skate well, and he had some smooth hands. Now, I get it. A lot of it was against lower competition, but arguably some of it was AHL and below. And he didn't look completely out of place. So to see him now get an ATO to finish out the year with Grand Rapids – who, correct me if I'm wrong, are they still kind of trying to survive or is it officially done? They're like, they're fighting tooth and nail. They're to like try to straight to get up it. until it's, a week ago. It's so like, I think they lose one more game and they're out. Something, gotcha. it, but it's not, it's not looking promising. So, but he, he still gets, gets some games in at the pro level. Maybe it turns into a contract. They're likely going to need to sign guys anyways, because you're not going to see Simon Evanson back there anymore. You may not see a couple other guys down there next, coming next season. So who knows? Maybe Lashoff retires or it'd be interesting if he does stick around. Oh, Perron scored. We finally did something. That's cool. And Larkin gets a point. So he stays on his pace. Hey, there we go. So, but no, Biakpatuka, I like the signing or correction. I like the tryout given to him for Grand Rapids. And I really hope it does lead to some sort of contract, whether it's Grand Rapids or a two way, anything. I, th I think he would be, it'd be awesome to see that happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the name, the last name, Bianca Batuka holds a very Tim. special place oh, in the heart of Michigan fans and, and people in the state of Michigan. Take a shot. Tyler mentioned Michigan. Um, hey, that, that that is a name for the whole, uh, name game Hall of Fame right there, though. 
Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Tim Biakamatuka, obviously before I was born, but you know, a hell of a Michigan Wolverine football player. But we're talking about Jeremy Biakamatuka. And I mean, from what I remember and, and what what my recollection of him is, is he was solid. I mean, he was one of the bright spots, or I shouldn't say one of, but he was certainly in the upper echelon of the bright spots of of um of training camp, you know, and a lot of people said that there was a chance he could make the team uh, or at least I think I rabbits. said that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of surprising that he ended up going back to junior, but I guess maybe that was like Steve Eisman saying, Hey, um, you know, if you, if you don't take that contract and you go back to junior, you can come back and we'll sign you on an ATO or a PTO or whatever. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe that'll work out for him. Hopefully it does, you know, because like I said, he, he seemed like a solid kid. And, um, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, the wings, you like, yes, you do have Edvinson and you do s- still have a lot of these younger defensemen that are going to have to crack the lineup. But you know what? When those guys come up, the Johansons and, um, you know, those guys, it's going to, you know, get dicey there in Grand Rapids. You're going to need someone to play against Grand Rapids or someone to come out of nowhere and become, you know, a top six defenseman. And so maybe Biak Batuka is that guy. I know it won't be next year probably, but could it be two years from now? You like, I think the more that you think about it, the more you look at team building and stuff like that, like you, you have to find these diamonds in the rough. Like, I'm not saying that he's going to be a top four defenseman or even a, you know, a top pair defenseman. But if he's your seventh defenseman and he's a guy that you got on a fucking PTO, you're winning right there. He's an impact player at that point. I I mean, what stands out to me, and we knew this originally, obviously, but he just turned 21 um, a month ago, but he's 6'4", 203, and he's a right shot defenseman. Which we have like zero. Especially, I mean, we just signed anti Misto, but right. at 21 years old, six foot four, two oh three. That's Steve Eiserman build right there. Yep, and it's depth needed, young depth. So again, does it mean that it's going to turn into a contract? Not necessarily, but either way, he if he can actually, I think that he's going to have enough tools to come in and do something. And that's going to be what's important for Grand Rapids, especially. Tyler, uh, here's a quiz for you. So you're going to gush over Tim Biaka Batuka. Do you know his full first name? No, no clue. It's, I know he's from Montreal, though, right? It's Shamanga. T-S-H-I-M-A-N-G-A. Shamanga Biaka Batuka. That, that might be the, one of the most amazing names that, like, <laughs> has ever existed um we it's have a pretty a, crazy name we have a buddy of ours uh who we call moose he's uh syrian his name is musa shamoon we call him moose that's amazing that's like a professional uh professional wrestler name right there <laughs> uh but for uh jeremy biaka batuka in and this is kind of going to show you a little bit of his progression and why he went back to not why he went back to junior but what another year in junior and kind of maybe show uh, a step he took in 2021-22, in 60 total games, he had 26 points. That was 10 goals and uh, 16 assists. But in 2022-23 for the Charlottetown Islanders in the QMJ, in 56 games, he had 42 points, 17 goals and 25 assists. Uh, he played in four playoff games where he didn't have anything. But 40 to go uh, to up that much, almost basically double your output almost, I mean, it's I think it's promising. And he had the offensive instinct during the prospect tournament in big time. EP has his uh, on his draft guide was written. Biakabatuka loves to join the rush, and it's something he could continue doing with the pros due to his superior skating. He has clear defensive pride, consistently judging the best defensive angles. He's engaged, keeps his head turning and is always in an athletic position. He has the wingspan necessary to make stops against professionals and be disruptive off the rush which is what we need, which is something that if you put him in place of a Jordan Osterley or a Gustav Lindstrom, I don't think you lose anything, but I think you have a lot to gain in just size alone there. And by no, by no means did he look like a bad skater when he was, when he was playing. And I just think, I don't think there's any downside. So right now it is just a tryout with the Griffins. It could go into the off season as maybe a contract with Detroit, 
uh, and, and maybe he ends up in the AHL and plays games there and is a call-up. But like you said, that we're going to need fill-in guys. You got you to gotta think Edvinson's going to make the roster next season. Johansson has a chance to make the roster. And then maybe you get a guy like Biakovatuka who plays in Grand Rapids and is a first call-up. Or he replaces a bottom D-man, and then you don't have to go spend any money. Or you don't have to maybe think that Jordan Oster or Gustav Lindstrom slot in, and maybe they do something to cost you a game, which anyone could do. But I think if you're looking to replace that position, you can always get younger and bigger there with space to move. So I think it's a good move and literally no downside because it's a free player. Yeah, no, I I don't think I mean, I'm looking at cap friendly right now because right now you've got Seth Barton, right? D 23 years old. He's he's on an expiring deal. He's arbitration eligible. The other right D is Wyatt new power, 25 years old, also arbitration eligible. And then we mentioned to Omisto. Or to Amisto, he's just signed his two-year deal, so he's not going anywhere. So the need is there at the Grand Rapids level. Whether or not this plays out to be a two-year contract like we saw with Tuo, who knows? I would assume that's probably what we could end up seeing. Or would, is he eligible for three? I wouldn't think so, correct? No, Tuo Amisto is a two-year contract. No, I'm sorry, uh, Biakotuka. He's 21, so he would so only he get three. a two. Yeah, what did Alex Doucette sign? Three. Yeah. So same age. Okay. So we uh, maybe that could be the expectation. And you're not hurt by that. Because if you're not bringing back one of Barton or New Power, now you have a right D need in Grand Rapids. So I would like it. I, I think all of us were on the same page and wanting, hoping he was going to get a contract coming out of camp in Grand Rapids. Um, I think it'll be great. And if he's if the skating's there and some of the development is there that from what you mentioned in terms of what he did in the queue this year, you can't go wrong. Uh, but we do have another young guy to talk about who has actually earned some accolades here pretty recently. Amadeus Lombardi, who uh, will be the best name on the Red Wings. Amadeus, Amadeus. It's it's going to be fantastic when he takes the ice and they do. I mean, they're going to have to play the song for him when he comes out. And they every, need to bring back goal specific player goal songs just for do. him to they blast do. that every time he freaking scores. But the OHL coaches were polled and the results came out. Scott Wheeler tweeted them out this morning. But Amadeus Lombardi was named the smartest player in the West, as well as the second best playmaker and second best stick handler by OHL coaches. And this kid just continues to be super impressive, uh, setting records for Flint this season in uh, 67 games played. He has 45 goals and 57 assists for 102 points, including five points in the playoffs right now. And I, I he's just like an unstoppable force. He he does everything right. And I think that's where you kind of look at maybe. And I don't know if I would consider him a diamond in the rough. Maybe. Because he was selected in 2022 round four, number 113. And you don't really find guys that that go on to do this kind of stuff. Now, it, again, it is it is the CHL. No, granted, it's the OHL, so it's not the Q. They do play some defense in the OHL. But you don't really find guys at 113 who go from having a 59-point season to 102-point season in their second OHL season. He's 19 years old. The only downside is he's 5'10", 165. So he's small. He's light. He plays center right now. I don't think he would play center in the NHL. I think they would move him over to a wing, which, again, could make him even more dangerous. Do you so think he'd be like a Debrinket light? Um, You mean light in just the, the fact that he's not as heavy? Because I think he may Probably. have more scoring talent than Debrinket. I mean, he's a smart, I mean, overall, based on what I've seen, he looks like a smarter player than Alex Dabrinkit. I mean, so, that's a win if that's the case. Dabrinkit's just a guy that fires from the from that left circle on the power play, I feel like. Yeah, but more often than not, I mean, it was working for him until he went to a subpar, uh, an even more subpar team. Until he didn't have Patrick Kane passing him the puck? That too. Yeah, you lose Taves, Kane, guys like that. It, I mean, granted, now he does have a Kachuk to set him up and he is on that top one of the top ranked power plays there so it's not like he's lost a lot but i don't know who would you rather have patrick kane or claude Giroux as your setup man i think it's close i mean patrick kane obviously a great playmaker but so is claude Giroux. 
Yeah. You know, both of those guys are pretty damn good at what they do. So yeah, Patrick Kane is just a better goal scorer than Claude Giroux. That's yeah, what exactly. Yeah. Giroux so, had that one year where he had like thirty-eight goals, and at that time, that was kind of a lot. So, well, anyway. Amadeus Lombardi's scouting report says Lombardi's game is one of speed and skill. As he races defenders along the perimeter, he looks for teammates on the inside. He connects with backhand and forehand passes under or over defenders' sticks without much windup. If a pass isn't an option, he beats defenders with a combination of handling skill and well-conceived setups. He puts the puck into a defender's space, waits for the poke, then chips the puck under their stick or pulls it around. And he's confident making these plays off the backhand and under heavy pressure, which we have seen. He is one I am super excited for. He is one that Iserman wasted no time signing. He will be in Grand Rapids next season. You've got to believe it. And it's... It's, again, those guys that Iserman picks up that maybe he sees something in that other teams might not. And I think the big thing for him was I think he missed that COVID season. I think he could have been I think he could have started earlier than he did. And it's he missed the whole 2020 21 season. And that's where we were hoping and we had talked about it way back when they before the draft that maybe you pick up on a guy who. Others weren't heavily scouting that missed some time playing because of the pandemic. And maybe you hit on a guy like that. And this is looking like it could be a a situation where Iserman may have hit on a guy that others just didn't get enough look at. My thoughts are, I mean, we've kind of talked about players that that are diamonds in the rough kind of thing. But like, you got to think that one of these is going to hit like and become like a impact player, like a first or second line winger kind of thing. Like, I mean, he's doing it an awful lot, which means to tell you that like a a Braden point kind of thing or like something like that is possible. You know, I was going to mention him. Exactly. So that's I like that call out. I'm not saying Amadeus Lombardi is going to be Braden point or Tyler Johnson or anything like that. But like, you know, you got to think that at some point, one of these Biakabatuka or, you know, this guy or Carter Mazur. I guess Carter Mazur was a little bit of a higher draft pick, but but still, like you got to. What are these depth picks gonna? One one is one of these gonna be your standout guy that you weren't you weren't maybe you were expecting, but you're like it's a matter of when, not if. Like I mean, we 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 hate to go back to the Datsuk and Zetterberg comparisons and stuff like that. Like that probably doesn't happen as much nowadays, but it still happens, and there's still a possibility that you know you draft a player in the fifth round or the fourth round, they do become, you know, a superstar. That does happen. Now, if and- you want to make the Braden point comparison, he's 5'10", 183. So 20 pounds heavier, which he could do, which you can put on 20 pounds of muscle. That's fine. But the way he plays on the puck, though, that's what <laughs> separates him, I think. And and Braden point was drafted round three, number 79. So he was drafted decently further ahead than where Lombardi is. But like you said, it's, it's a matter of tr- keeping tr- keep trying until you do hit someone like that. And that's what every team tries to do. But Iserman has done it before. And I think that is where the the little bit of, of hope kind of sparkles there that, that maybe there's something there. But it seems like with Lombardi and, and the OHL coaches also seem to see it. And that's the thing is this is not a fan vote. This is not a player vote. This is a coach vote. And it's coaches from all over the league saying, yes. He is the smartest player in the West. And that's, I think that's pretty damn impressive for a guy that wasn't drafted until the fourth round. And it is in his, in his second OHL season. So I have two things on him just real quick. So the fact that he had 102 points in the OHL, I mean, that's not exactly the cue. The O is, you know, that's a tougher league. Uh, and, you know, to put up 102 points and he's already got five points in six games in the playoffs. And I think what game seven's tomorrow or something. To put that into even more perspective, uh, the top scorer in the OHL right now is Matthew Maggio from the Windsor Spitfires. Second is Ty Voigt from the Sarnia Sting with 105. Lombardi is third with 102. That's impressive. The highest score is 54 goals, 57 assists in 66 games, 111 points. Yeah, game seven is going on right now. Uh, Saginaw, that's crazy that it's Saginaw versus Flint. It's Saginaw is up three to one after two. In the Ontario Hockey League, too, right? <laughs> That's a middle finger to, to Canada. But um, I guess just the other thing that I'm I'm seeing on Lombardi, he's from Newmarket, Ontario. You know who else is from Newmarket, Ontario? Connor McDavid. 
Okay. And you know who scored the first? <laughs> Ryan's like, whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. Uh, he, he, we found our new McDavid. Here we go. Does he get to wear 97? God, that'd be fantastic. But under, under, 98. To go along with the Lombardi love right now, though, did you see his toe drag swag from the game tonight? Tonight? No. Oh, he actually opened the scoring against Saginaw. He defenseman sprawling across the ice as he was coming in just inside the faceoff dot in the offensive zone. Defenseman went down to block and tried to poke at him. He got his skate in the way of the stick, extended stick, dragged the puck back to his back foot, and then rooped it on the goalie. Beautiful. See, that's just, and again, that takes, that split-second decision-making, that's the difference between an NHL player and an AHL player. All right, take that back. He went through the arms of the goaltender, but doesn't matter. Great play, regardless. That was Datsuki, and it's still the split second decision go. making. Yep, is and what he, it is because he beat two defend defenders around the boards. Looks like was, I couldn't tell if it was a loose puck. And he picked up a loose puck in the neutral zone, and then just beat two guys flat-footed, and then beat the third one in tight. There's a second video of it uh, posted by the OHL. Um, if you keep watching the video, that it's like a little bit of a better angle oh my god that's what, what i'm looking at yeah and like i said that's suki and, and the fact that he was able to finish makes me not want to compare him to darren helm jesus oh, christ wow. here comes the hate mail all right well what we're going to do really quick is we're going to take a break uh for our sponsor message from DraftKings before we get on to the second part of the show which is going to be college and uh, juniors, like unsigned drafted guys who are going to become free agents so we'll be right back in just a minute after a message from DraftKings. From tea to green, the best place to go to get in on all the action happening on the links is DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers will receive an odds boost to add plus 1,000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on any golfer to win. So for example, if you're a new customer and you see a golfer to win the tournament at plus 1,000 odds, DraftKings will boost that golfer to plus 2,000 odds for your shot at a bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament starts to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and boost your odds during the weekend's tournament. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. And we're back, and the Red Wings have some decisions to make. Not a lot of hard ones, I don't think. In, Surprisingly, this is, maybe. I don't think it's surprising. I think... No? Some of it is leftovers from the Ken Holland era that just Iserman's going to, if Iserman is playing a game of smasher pass, he's passing on like all of these, I think is what's happening. So we're going to go through the line. There's about six players or seven players that are coming up. If they don't get a contract, they become a free agent. And we're going to start with John Adams, also known as Jack Adams. Uh, he's playing at the University of Notre Dame. He's 26 years old. It's just, it's not happening. Six foot, 600, or 216 pounds. He did have some injury issues uh, for a while there. And I mean, in 32 games for the University of Notre Dame, seven goals, six assists for 13 points. Last season had 16 points, didn't play in 2019, 20 or 2021. The season before at Union College had 22 and 38. I think it's just the age thing plus the not showing a ton of improvement. It just not going to happen. Um, he's got some pretty wild social media stuff, too, that people wouldn't be happy about. But he is a guy that is not going to not going to be signed. I mean, if you look at our I think a lot of it comes down to look at our depth chart and look at what the guys on our depth chart are doing that are in the system that are signed like a Lombardi and compare it to what these guys who have been drafted for two, three, four years are doing. And it's just, it's not comparable. Yeah. I like Carter Mazur, for instance. Exactly. When you get a Carter Mazur who comes in and lights it up and, and you show that great step in development and you get your contract before a guy who was drafted in 2017 or 2019, it kind of spells it out for the guy who was drafted in 2019, right? Yeah, it's it's disappointing because you look at his stat line like he had a fantastic draft year. Basically, I don't know if I, you want, I don't know if you want to call it for fantastic, but and I mean he was a sixth in, round draft pick, Ryan. I mean you had sixty points in fifty six games, so you finally do get drafted. That's your that's your highlight though, because now the rest of your career, not even including COVID, is you're not on the, you can't stand the ice more or less. But now, granted, a lot of it is college hockey, so they play a shortened season. You go from 56 games to 28, 38, 6 in COVID, 
38-32, but the points just didn't, after the USHL going to the NCAA, they didn't replicate. And when you're 6'5", 194, you kind of need things to go your way because there's that's a great tool set. But it just, I don't know, he had an awesome name to go with it, so we were excited, and then nothing. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot on this one in particular. I wouldn't be against them not signing him. If they did sign him and they put him in Toledo, I don't see that there would be an issue there. Um, I don't think he's probably ready. Maybe he's ready for the AHL. I guess it just depends on on who's coming in and who's coming out in terms of making the wings. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that that would be my thing. I think the one is the next one is is what the one Tyler is going to have a little bit more to talk on, which and I'm going by kind of uh, year they were drafted. in, so that was the oldest one. Now we're moving on to 2019 round two, number 54 overall, which was Robert Master Simone. He is 22 years old, 5'10", 170 pound shoots left. He did play for Boston University for three seasons before moving to Arizona State this season. This season, numbers are really good. 42 points in 38 games, 11 goals, 31 assists. But it's just that he's one that I'd like them to sign just for depth. But it sounds like he might be unwilling to sign. And I don't know if he sees the same thing. It's just you look at the guys who are signing that were drafted after you and you look at the depth. But again, the Red Wings are a team that are going to need Probably some fill-in guys. There will be room in Grand Rapids. And if you're just saying, I I don't want to take part in it, or maybe he got out to Arizona and realized he likes the warm weather and wants to play out West. I don't know. But Tyler, he played for Boston. Yeah, he played at BU. I mean, he was a pretty, he was, he was a guy that kind of brought you out of your seat. Um, But then, you know, he, he went through some injuries and, and then he transferred to Arizona State, and he seemed to have a good season. Arizona State was a team that they were they started off pretty hot, um, and the, their their season kind of went to shit. They, I mean, they play a lot of the Western teams, so they'll play a lot of Minnesota, they'll play a lot of Denver. They played some played pretty much an independent schedule, so they can play pretty much whoever they want. And they went eighteen and twenty one, and they didn't make the uh, the NCAA tournament. So. I mean, Master Simone, a good player. I I think he's a little from from what my recollection is. He's five ten, and I think he plays a little like not bigger. He plays about that size. Um, so if he's if he's gonna play in the NHL or at least in the AHL, he's gonna have to put on a little bit of weight. I would think. Um, he's not really the most physical guy in the world. I think he's kind of like a. I don't know what kind of player to compare. He's a really, he's got really nasty hands and, and, you know, he could turn out to be one of those guys, but from what I've seen and what I've read, it doesn't really seem like he wants to sign with the wings. So that's kind of interesting. Um, And, you know, this is his fourth year, right? Yeah. Cause I guess he would have one more year of eligibility if he wanted to, I think. Yeah. He has one more year of eligibility because of COVID. So um, I guess it remains to be seen, but after this year, I mean, if they can't get him signed now, you either trade him or you just don't sign him. I would say at this yeah, point, he's going to be one of those that if you if you're not signing, you're going you're going to free agency, and then you have your choice. But in a way, it'll be disappointing if he doesn't end up coming to Detroit, only because I think we were rightfully so all kind of excited about him being like there's potential that we saw, I think that he could help this team maybe down the road, not right away. We knew it would be a bit of a project, but going to BU, I think was the highlight. I mean, he played USA for a short time, the development program. He was big in the USHL. He had a great little career there going to his draft year. And then it was just kind of there. And I think that was the disappointing part. We were hope we were waiting for that moment at BU where it would just click and it didn't seem to happen. So if he is signed, he gets that chance in Grand Rapids. That'd be great. Get to see him out at camp, see what happens there and let the rest play out. But I, I don't know that I, I maybe almost think that that ship has sailed and he's going to be uh free to sign elsewhere. Yeah. He's the one that I think is, is if there's a guy they're going to sign. Now there's a couple that were drafted fairly recently that I think will probably be signed. But if there was one from an older draft class, I think it would be him. 
I mean, the other one, 20, the next one, 2019 round four, number 97, Ethan Phillips also played for BU. He's 21, 5'9", 154. So if you're looking at what Iserman's been drafting and Iserman's been drafting basically 5'10 and up and on the heavier side, yeah. and most of the guys are six foot and over unless they're insanely skilled and then he'll get them a little lower. But in three CR, this is his fourth year at Boston University because there were COVID years. COVID messed a whole bunch of stuff up with the college players. But this last season in 29 games played, Ethan Phillips had four goals and seven assists for 11 points. His scouting report was defensively. He's a smart player who manages risks and reward and is an effective shutdown guy at his foundation. They described him as kind of a water bug. He's fast out there, light on his feet, uh, but he's small, so he can be pushed off the puck fairly easily and he's light so even more so it's a guy that i think again around four uh, numbers 97 is a, is a long shot to make the roster in the first place to make the nhl in the first place but it's a guy that if master simone doesn't get a contract ethan phillips isn't getting a contract yeah. and i think it's just again it's a casualty of you can draft so many people but you're never going to sign everyone I remember talking about Phillips in the same breath when we were talking about the recap of Cider and stuff like that was now that I think actually do think about it. He, we knew he was small. I think the biggest thing we looked at was with Phillips and Master Smoney. We always I think we always fall back on like the Braden point or to like these guys are small, but we can't write them off. But then you think about like to your point, Greg, what you just mentioned, look at what Iserman's been doing for his signings and where he's kind of shifted gears if you will and you look at how detritus fared more often than not in physical hockey games this doesn't speak to it now i'm not saying that they can't have these types of guy on the rosters or have have these types of guys on the roster excuse me because it isn't um Berggren, is is he 510 or is he 511 he's under six foot so he he's on the smaller side but you see what he can do along the boards when a guy's on him, like he can more or less handle him his own where with what we just talked about with Phillips and mesh Simone, like, can that also translate? But then you look at the weight and again, it's just depends on, you don't have to be the heaviest person, but sometimes it does make that much of a difference. So yeah, you, you better do something really well. If you're going to be undersized, that's, you better that's, have the most amazing lower body workout program known to man. Yeah, do the Martin St. Louis workout program. That'll work out. And I mean, honestly, like if you're undersized, you you do you are a little bit as a, at a disadvantage, but you better do something really damn well. Phillips, from what I know, I mean, he did play at Boston University for four years, uh, had a down year this year had only 11 points and the team got all the way to the frozen um, to the frozen four and then got shit pumped by Minnesota. Um, who was just a damn juggernaut anyways. But um, yeah, no, I mean, he kind of got worse as I know COVID kind of screwed with them. Like the 2021-22 season was his best. He had 17 points in 28 games. So really kind of more of a bottom line guy at this point. I don't think that he's a guy that would ever play in the NHL. I mean, you never know, I guess. Some some guys are late bloomers. But I mean, if you're not putting up points in Hockey East with with some really loaded Boston University teams. I mean, it's probably not going to work out for you. Uh, the other thing to just note is, um, you know, Boston University did go through a coaching change where David Quinn left and then Jay Pandolfo took over. So they've, they've kind of gone through a little bit of a transition where they weren't as good of a team, but they were really good this year. So um, and he still only had 11 points. So that that should goes to show you he probably is going to make the NHL, unfortunately for him. Yeah, like I think we had always said that it you can be smaller, but it's it's how you develop and what your development path looks like. And if you make steady progress throughout your junior career, if it continues after your draft or your college career, if it continues after your draft, that if you show that development, the teams will invest in you and they will put in resources and you'll you'll probably get a contract. If you develop into the player that they look at you and say, well, here's teams draft for potential and if you build into that potential then you're going to get the contract but it's it's hit and miss once you get past a certain area and even past the second round i mean there are second round guys that don't hell uh there's a fly a guy who got drafted round one number 19 by the flyers he's not going to sign with the fly the flyers are saying we are not going to sign you 
and the Flyers will get a compensatory pick. They'll get the 19th draft pick in the second round uh, for that because they're not going to sign him. But it's just that guys sometimes don't work out based on the development path you think they will take. And that's why the draft is a gamble. I mean, we'll move on to another guy who people had some high hopes for that was 2019 round three, number 66, Alvin Gruve, who is 22 years old, six foot, uh, 187 pounds. He's got the size. He's got getting the weight. Uh, I mean, everything in his draft report, strong skater, relentless on the forecheck, willing to play a committed brand of defense, blocking shots and getting a stick in the puck, plays with considerable energy. At some point, I'm like, man, maybe he could be a Marshawn Light. He, they called him the T-Rex. He Listen, pissed that was, people off. Grube is what uh, Mazer has ended up being. Are you? Yeah. Like, like, we didn't think anything of Mazer. We thought Grube was going to come in, be a Burt 2.0, and now Mazer has kind of taken that throne and then some. Yeah, it says slick stick handler, dangerous in the offensive end, plays a fast game, works hard every shift, deadly on the power play. But... He went from 2019-20, having 19 points in 23 games of the J20 Super League, played 19 games in the SHL, had one goal. Next season, went to the SHL for 39 games, had six points, came to Grand Rapids and played 11 games and had two assists. Went to the Liga, played four games, went to the Hockey Allsvenskan, played 32. He played 41 in the Hockey Allsvenskan this season and has 11 points. Just fell, development fell off a cliff. And that is something where you look back at it, you go, this is a kid who had all the opportunities in the world. And it's just he couldn't put it together. He couldn't get his either. He couldn't get his head on straight or something happened. And it's just I think he was maybe bounced around a little too much. And it's a guy you really hoped would get it going. But then you picked up a guy like a Carter Mazur, who is doing the same kind of thing at probably a much higher level, because I think. Gruve yep. was always thought to be maybe a, a bottom six guy, but a bottom six really good agitator. And it's just it's not going to pan out. And I don't see him getting a contract because it's just, again, you found a guy who you thought who you hope this guy would be. Is this guy now in a mazer? So I, I don't see Gruve getting a contract. No, he's probably yeah, going to just continue thing. that role of bouncing around maybe through the SHL or Alvenskin. I'd totally butcher that, but I don't care. European the hockey all, The all Svenskin. Yeah, there's no, I, I threw an extra in there, whatever. But he, he, it's disappointing because I know that we were very excited for him. And we thought that he was going to be playing. He was, he was supposed to go to Flint and play, wasn't he? Maybe it was Saginaw, not Flint. It was one of them. It was either one. I think it was gonna, Saginaw. It was, was Saginaw. It? it wasn't Flint. Yeah, it was Saginaw. But anyways, like, it just doesn't seem like it's going to work out. And the fact that he was going to come over to Saginaw or Flint or whichever it was. It was Saginaw. It was the 2020 CHL import draft. Okay. So regardless, I mean, so he was going to come to Saginaw and it just didn't work out. And the fact that no other team reached out or any other, you know, OHL team or even Q or, or WHL team didn't reach out. I mean, that just kind of goes to show you that there's probably not a future in, in North America for him, maybe in the, the ECHL. Um, but I don't I don't think at this point he's going to be worth, you know, signing or anything like that. And Saginaw even had a number picked out for him. They were ready to bring him on in. Yeah. Well, you know why, right? You know who are part owners of the Saginaw spirit. Oh, um, Chris Osgood is a partner of business operations. Jim Devolano is an advisor. Yeah, there you go. So Jimmy D and Chris Osgood. That's Yeah. Two members of the Detroit Red Wings organization. So they were ready to go because yeah. the, the Red Wings guys are part owners. But uh, hey, get your ass over here so we can watch you up close. We're going to go through the next few. Gustav Berglund, again, is a big right shot defenseman, but he's 22 already. And he was drafted 2019 round six, number 177. He has 11 points in 30 games for Carl Skrona, HK, and the hockey at 10. So he went from the SHL to the hockey at 10, which is a lower league. And when you go backwards and you're already 22 years old, it, again, not a good look. Now, here's some that are a couple more we're going to go after that are a little more recent. So 2021 round five, number 155, which is a late pick, 19 years old, six foot, 190 pound Oscar Plandowski, who plays right now for the Moncton Wildcats in the QMJHL. 
in 33 games, has five goals and eight assists for 13 points. He is a right shot defenseman. He is one that I could see possibly getting a contract because he is a more recent pick. He is getting bigger. He is a right shot. And I think it'll be, I mean, if you look at his draft report, he chains Mohawks into pivots, into crossovers, into absorbing contact. He can pretty much do all the skating moves you want. The handling and shooting skills are there too. Hands away from his body, steps into pucks. He's elusive. That was an EP 2021 draft guide report. Oscar Plandowski's dad is the Coyotes scout, is a Coyotes scout. So, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with him because, I mean, that's not a terrible stat line for a defenseman. 13 points in 33 games in the queue, but he's been in the queue now for three seasons. This is his, oh, he got, he went from Drummondville to Moncton. So actually in 64 games, he has uh, 19 points. So we'll see what happens there. He can go back to the queue for another year. I think it's possible he gets signed Uh, again. He's younger than the Gustav Berglund option and has another uh, another year of junior eligibility where he could go back and just show what he's got. And he's a more recent pick. Yeah. I mean, I'm either way at this point. I mean, if he's a good skating defenseman, then especially on the right D, which we know that they need to have, or I shouldn't say need to have, they're at a need for, I'll put it that way. Then having that depth, you ha- you sign him to an ELC. I don't think you're necessarily hurt by it. Again, because he is only 19. And if you take him in and see what happens in the queue, we see with Biak Batuka. I get I, I get it that the queue is the joker saying is like all they do is score. There's no defense there. So but could it be like Biak Batuka where it does help him in terms of now getting back on track and how see how things go? Doucet again is another one of those guys that we don't know what's going to happen because we look back at, you know, Amantha. Yes, they scored a lot of goals in the queue, but does that necessarily translate over? It can. Not saying that it would, wouldn't, but I, I would be more okay with him sticking around on something short term than several of the other names that we've already gone through. Yeah, Sam, I agree with that. I think the low risk, high reward kind of thing, I, I would, you know, the goal scoring in the queue, I mean, that's certainly something that, it can translate. I mean, Mantha scored a lot of goals in the NHL. Not he as scored much some as damn we good goals. Thought. Not as much as we thought. We thought he was probably going to be a 30-goal scorer, and his career's kind of gone off the rails since he went to Washington, I think. Anyways. But, yeah, it started um, in Detroit. No, no, no. I understand. I'm just saying, like, you know, as when he got traded from Detroit to Washington, it just kind of got off the rails. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'd be more okay with this one than probably any of the other ones at this point. Um, yeah. And the last one we have tonight is Pasquale Zito. He is one I actually think will should definitely if, if any two get contracts out of here, I think it'll be Pasquale Zito. And if you're going to give a one of the other draft or uh, picks a contract, it'll probably be Master Simone if he's going to take it um, or Plandowski. But Pasquale Zito is 19 years old, six foot 176, drafted in the sixth round, 166 overall in 2021. For the North Bay Battalion this season, he had played 31 games and had 27 points, 7 goals, and 20 assists. For the Niagara Ice Dogs in 23 games, he had 7 goals and 12 assists for 19 points. In 6 playoff games, he's had 7 points. So he is he's working, and it's he's a bigger guy who can play wing or center. He's a left shot, which, I mean, it's, it is what it is. But it looks like there's talent there. In his draft year, he had uh, he was one where, again, he missed the 2020-21 season because of COVID. In the season before, in 2019-2020, in 46 games, he had 13 points. In 2021-22, in 49 games, he had 42 points. He's He continues to progress. And that's what you want to see from a guy who you draft again, like we said, is continual progression in the right direction. And he's a guy who I think if you're going to sign two guys, if you're going to lose out on six and you're going to sign two, I'm going to sign Pasquale Zito because he's shown the most progress. And especially since he's a bigger guy and he's only 19. 
I mean, I wouldn't go too crazy. He's six foot. So I wouldn't get in comparison to some of the other guys we're talking about. Yes. Bigger than the other guys we're talking about. Yes. Which is crazy to think. But I mean, there's potential there. And again, he's only 19, like you mentioned. So he will be 20 in June. So I don't think that's necessarily working against him. But when you look at, again, what they're going to need in Grand Rapids, he could fit a potential need. So does that mean he comes to Grand Rapids next season? I, I Who knows? But maybe you see him go back and forth and see some time in, the, in Toledo and then come back up at depending on how things go. So I, I wouldn't be against it like a couple other guys, but it's we'll, we'll, we'll just see how it plays out. There's I think he had, let me see, Landowski has to be signed by June 1st. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be sad. He's got a fucking great name, Pasquale Zito. Like, oh, I'm sorry, Zito, not Plandowski. I don't know why I said. Yeah, you know, Plandowski is also June first, but Zito is June first as well. The fact, the fact that he's a sixth round pick, um, you know, it, I guess it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's been in the OHL for a while now. He's been in the OHL since 1920. So he played 46 games in that 1920 season. Then 2021, they didn't play at all. From what I see, I mean, I wouldn't see any downside of signing him if you sign him i mean do you put him in grand rapids i mean he's only 19 years old he's got not good size but six feet 176 is nothing to scoff at maybe you could put on some more weight and you know get up to 185 or something like that and then you're do they give him a redo year in 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 the ohl because the ohl missed a season did they give him a no do they give like can he take another junior year because they shut down for a season. That's possible. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what question. they did with that. But I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't be against this one. I, I'm probably more for than, than a lot of the other ones. Um, he's played a, l- a lot of hockey. It seems like, I mean, other than that COVID year, but. And a lot of productive hockey. Yeah. I, I don't see any, any reason against this. He's been productive in the playoffs too. Um, you know, seven points in six games so far for North Bay. But I mean, that's that's pretty damn good. I mean, I, I like I said, I wouldn't be against this one. I, I think I'm more for this one than the other ones. Yeah, I'm just getting ready for the onslaught of people who are like, oh, my God, how could you let all those people go? And it's just like, calm down, everyone. We have players and there's another draft. Year. There's another draft coming up and you just you stock the cupboards and you you keep going and see who develops and, and you cut bait. And that's kind of what it is. It's just people don't realize that every year this happens. Like every year there's guys that we just don't sign. We let them go because you you can't keep everyone because there's not enough room. But again, there's guys that are, we're going to need spots in Grand Rapids filled, not necessarily Toledo because they kind of do their own thing, but we're going to need a lot of spots in Grand Rapids filled because there's going to be guys moving on. There's going to be guys graduating. And I think it's more on defense because offenses, there's not a lot there that's, NHL ready. There's nothing there that I think is NHL ready, but there's not a lot that's close, even close to NHL. Like the closest is probably Cross Hannes, and he's still a couple years away. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. But they're going to have to get rid of like some guys, like Chase Pearson's another one. Chase Pearson's going to be a free agent if he's not signed tonight. I see no reason for them to sign him right now. So there's going to be spots to be taken in Grand Rapids. It also uh, depends on what ca- happens with Casper, too. I mean, yeah. Now that we found out he had what a broken kneecap, broken kneecap for Marco. How excited we were a week ago, Tyler, like, yeah, Casper, he's out tonight, but he'll be back wrong. And it's not even it's just like he just broke his kneecap. Apparently, he broke it in the SHL and it's just been broken. And he came over here and played that game on a broken kneecap, which is uh, one. Holy shit. Like, that's insane. So basically, it was good enough to get through. He was probably trying to get the offseason. And then, yeah. oh, the NHL is a bitch. Like it probably wasn't that it broken. It probably wasn't that broken because it's not going to require surgery. Apparently, it's going to fix itself. The kneecap's just going to fucking fix itself. It's it's a broken kneecap. I wonder if it's like a situation where, like, I, I mean, not to toot, you know, the United States' own horn, but like, you know, the medical situation here in the United States is better than a, in a lot of situations, like. Is it a situation where he just didn't really say anything and then he heard it in that Toronto game? Or is it a situation where it was something that was lingering and then he got to Detroit and he just like 
he played that one game and then he went to the doctors like, Hey, something doesn't feel right on my knee. Uh, and then they did an MRI. And it's like, Oh yeah, you have a broken kneecap. You're done for the season kind of thing. I could see it that maybe because again, they said it's not going to require surgery or anything. So I don't think it was anything super, super terrible. He just played the game and he's like, wow, my knee hurts. Yeah. It's probably the, the, the a- access to, you know, all of the medical equipment to actually check on the status and be like, Hey, what you're a little banged up. Let's go get that checked out. And they're like, Oh, that's weird. That's a crack. And the other thing is too. And like, I know he's a first round pick, but like as an athlete, just in general, like there's always that thought about what if I don't make it because of an injury? You know what I mean? Like I know he's a high pick, but like young people always have different thoughts in their mind. Like, well, if I tell them that I'm injured and, you know, I, I, I can't play the rest of the season, what does that do to my stock in terms of in the organization? Like, is this year's first round pick going to pass me up if I, you know, if I talk about this, you know what I mean? So maybe, maybe there's a little bit of that into it as well. I don't know. I feel like with this one, I mean, your knee's going to be sore regardless of the contact and how things are going. I mean, it's comparable to base as a catcher in baseball. Like, you're taking a beating all the time. And this is no, with the style of play that he has, I mean, you hope that it's going to be something that's a quick heel and he's back out there soon to start his off season, off season training program. I don't know. I, I don't think that he would necessarily just hide it for the sake of, I want to go play hockey in Detroit. I feel like it was one of those that he probably may have thought it was just a, my knee hurts. I got banged up and it didn't go away. And then you have the level of competition of the NHL and the fact that you've got old man bunting out there going after kneecaps figuratively, of course, don't freak out people, but that it, that just was the final straw for him. And then they checked it out and they're like, Oh yeah, this is fucked up. You're done. Yeah. And at this point, even if it was a lot more minor than they thought it was, it's best just to shut him down and then get him ready for off season training before next season starts. Absolutely. You're no help with a broken kneecap that you make progressively worse by pushing yourself for no reason in a season where they're going to lose. Uh, Red Wings just lost six to one. So, Yay. yeah, uh, but I want to get you guys final thoughts before we sign off tonight. And I'm going to start with Tyler. Yeah, my final thoughts are, I mean, we got two games left and then, you know, everyone can enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs. I know this will be year seven without the Stanley Cup playoffs in Detroit. Is that is that where we're at at this point? That just, um, yeah. Don't, don't even mention it. Anyways, it's been it's been a tough go a bit. But the Wings, the, the one positive I'll leave everybody with, last year it seemed like the Wings were eliminated, you know, in early March. This year they were eliminated with less than 10 games to play. So is that is that a, a small victory lap? Is, is that a, um, what do they call it, moral victory kind of thing? Sure. But you know what? In in Detroit right now, in terms of sports, um, the Wings and the Lions are pretty much the um, the two that, you know, have the upside where the Pistons are terrible and the the Tigers are forget about it right now. So, I mean, the Wings, certainly there, there's definitely I always use the light at the end of the tunnel. There's certainly light at the end of the tunnel. We can kind of see it, especially at the end of this year. You saw Edvinson. Um, you know, unfortunately, Johansson didn't get a game, but you did see a little bit of Casper as well. So you definitely did see a lot of the young guys and, and Cider had a good season. And there's there's been some positives to the season. Like like I said, missing the playoffs for the seventh straight year or is it seven or is it six? It's seven years. I had memories pop up for the last game at the Joe and it was seven years ago. Yeah, so it's been a long time, and like I said, there's some positivity, but you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. My final thoughts are the season's almost over. I hope you enjoyed it. I know that we did. It's been a roller coaster of ups and downs, but you can't fight the growth that took place. I think we were pretty damn close into the prediction realm this year. We thought that one the high point, was feasible if they had a fully healthy team that they would have brought into the season that didn't happen but it is what it is the the depth was there if they were healthy without being fully healthy it wasn't there and the goal scoring and things that they lost throughout the year did not help them but we saw glimpses of what this team could be 
And we finally got some of the top draft picks of the last couple of years on the ice at the same time when Casper was out there against Toronto, which we hit up hard last week. So bright things are hopefully coming. And this is the final time I hope for the next several years that we're talking about another missed season of the playoffs. So we shall see. Now it's on to our bald friend here soon. So I can't wait. Already Ryan 33. Yeah, we do have Tony on uh, to talk prospects. You guys better look up your fucking prospects for next week. I'm giving you a week of time to do prospect study, and I'm only going to make you do like the first two rounds. First two rounds of potential picks? First two rounds, guys. And then I'll let Tony talk about the rest of them. But yes. But Tony's Uh, so good at at, it, you know, because it's his job. He is. Uh, Also, (laughs) apparently, Daniela Bruce got punched by Darren McCarty today accidentally, and then they put up on the big board that she is concussion protocol so he was no. doing something he was doing something with his jacket and as he opened his jacket it's like hand hit her in the head and it's she tweeted it out it's really funny so go check it but out she actually oh, oh wait right, she though? posted a video yeah. of it oh yeah, she, no, okay. she's she's fine <laughs> she got blasted right in the face but it's it's pretty funny to watch and then yeah they put up uh daniela bruce concussion protocol up on the board um, but you can follow me online at Bring the Wing. You can follow Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. But to give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for hosting us and spreading us around at HockeyPodNet. Uh, if you use promo code Grindline at Bring Hockey Back, you get 12% off your order. Use that same promo code at Howie's Hockey Tape, you get 10% off. Check out our merch at redbubble.com by searching the Grindline. Sub to us on YouTube and turn on the notifications. We also give a shout out to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you get your Detroit jerseys from and worked on. Um, But that is going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town. God, I missed like three quarters of that shit. You did. You missed like (laughs) the whole fucking thing.